And we are live? Live. 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 Not live, live. Not live? Not, uh, not There's alive. a youth ministry curriculum out there called Live Lit. or Live. I don't actually know the name of it for sure, but every time I see it, I think of either, is it live or is it live? Maybe put an accent mark on there to, to make it whichever one you want. We're not, we're not, uh, <laughs> we're not Hispanic here, Pastor Scott. Hispanic? But we do have a Hispanic service. Quick plug for that, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. So, what day of the week? Every Sunday. Domingo. <laughs> so, um, thank you guys for being here. Those of you on live right now, Facebook Live. Uh, if you do us a quick favor and just share this podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. And um, if you're listening to us via our podcast a little bit later, why don't you go ahead and leave a five-star review? <laughs> are there five stars on there? There are. <laughs> Don't come on, man. You know that. Maybe we do ours three star. <laughs> no, if you if it's a three star, go leave it on some other church's podcast. There you go. But we would love to uh, just help you help us get the word out. That'd be great. We'd love that. Um, last week we didn't have a Tuesday at two, so for those of you who were vigorously refreshing your Facebook feed, we apologize for that. But I was out of town at a conference in California. What time was it at 2 o'clock here? At 2 o'clock, it was 11 a.m. 11 a.m. That would have been quite different. Yeah, so the time change thing wrecked me. (laughs) I never, like, I got in with an hour to spare before it started, and I left, like, five hours after it ended. So, like, I, my sleep was all out of whack. You're young, though. Yeah, yeah. Relatively speaking. I have kids that wake me up (laughs) at odd times. So it wasn't as hard as it was in in previous years. So we were going to try to pipe me in, but we we could have made the technology probably work. We just couldn't make the coordination work. So Pastor Scott was weeping in his office. I was weeping and gnashing of teeth and all kinds (laughs) of things. (laughs) So it's fall. What's your favorite thing about fall, man? Um... I think I like the leaves changing. Didn't we ask this before? We did. Oh, never mind. The, the colors of the leaves, because when you live in warm climates, which I love, yeah, that's the one thing about warm climate areas that I really don't like is... No leaves changing? There's no, no, no change of scenery. So uh, you go from green leaves on the trees to no leaves on the trees in February, and they're the little live oaks, so they're really thin, and they're hard to rake anyway. So your <laughs> fall raking is actually in the spring, and you really can't get them up anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that sounds rough, man. It, it's a tough world. First world problem. <laughs> Cross to bear. Um, how did your fantasy football teams do this weekend? Um, as far as I know, they did really well. Because <laughs> it's complete fantasy. I don't have one. So. You don't have one? Next year, we're going to start a staff league. Staff league. Yeah, you're going to... So- be the commissioner of it or something. Okay. So, well, anyway, uh, we're glad that you guys are here. In case you care, my fantasy teams, I won in all four leagues. So You're in four leagues? I am in four leagues. How's that Don't even work? Don't judge me. How's that even work? Uh, it works fine. Just sometimes I I have a player on one team, and I've, I'm playing that player. Is that like the AFL, NFL, CFL, all of them going at the same time? No, man. It's, just, it's, it's a little bit crazy to remember, but it's fun. So I had a good week in that. But anyway, um, glad that you guys are here with us. Facebook Live, Tuesdays at 2. Uh, we're back in the saddle. And we are in week number two of a new teaching series called Dear Church. Dear Church. Dear Church. And so these are the seven letters... Uh, written uh, now did Jesus write these letters he, he actually pinned them in heaven we're <laughs> 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 just seeing if anybody's listening and we're back <laughs> did Jesus write these letters <laughs> no he, he actually spoke to John <laughs> okay so he spoke to John who wrote in this in Revelation of course um, and uh, 
this letter was to the church in Smyrna. Smyrna. And what was the primary focus this week on this letter? Suffering. Suffering. Seems like <laughs> you're very slapstick. I'm just. Today, uh, I don't know if I haven't had enough coffee. Must maybe be. maybe I went to California back and didn't realize it. Yeah, I'm totally. Maybe fine my fantasy now. football team's playing in California. <laughs> Um, so okay, so suffering, which is a very common topic that we we talk about around here. So uh, give us like give us the highlights. What, what did Pastor Brad kind of hit on that was focused specifically in this letter about suffering? You know, I, I'm going to read Brad, Pastor Brad's points exactly. Okay. So uh, Jesus verbatim. verbatim. Number one, Jesus identifies with our suffering. Okay. Which uh, clearly he does. And helps us kind of frame our suffering. And Jesus does not want us to succumb to fear in our suffering, hmm. which is probably a, a difficult one. Yeah. Um, Pastor Brad mentioned that's the most quoted command in Scripture. Fear um, not, do not fear. Fear not or do not be afraid. And probably a little different tone than some, some of the other commands because I think it's more from the compassion and mercy of God that he's trying to free us from the fear of uh, living in this world. Yeah. Um, so those are our two main points, really, Yeah. if you talk about it. And yeah. So what I have here is a life group sermon discussion sheet. Um, in black and white, not color. In black and white, not color. So sorry about that. But if you're in life group this week, you may or may not hit some of these questions. And so... Um, quick plug for getting in a life group. Is it too late to join a life group, it's, even though like is, the fall life group season has already started? No, we, we have uh, groups that will still probably allow people to be a part of them. They're still kind of working, not the time schedule and change is getting back. You know, we're, we're just now in October, right? So uh, October 2nd. From Labor Day on, it's, it's a process, and so uh, now's a good time. Now, okay. How many groups have openings? Uh, I'd say probably at least seven or eight probably do. Maybe seven a few others, but those are the ones that are on top of my mind. So uh, we, we can fit you in. There you go. So jump in. We'd love to have you. Um, but Jesus categorized the source of stuff, suffering into three categories, people, poverty, and Satan. So can you give me an example from each of those categories? I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. <laughs> but can you give just a quick like hypothetical real-life example of what may be uh, – People suffering, poverty suffering, Satan suffering? Sure, sure. Uh, and like I said, Pastor Brad phrased this a little differently, but just to, to think broad pictures, like when you're when you're thinking about your own life, thinking about others. So people, we all have relationships with others, right? Yep. So work, your, your boss might uh, accuse you or basically um, sin against you mm-hmm. by, by uh, over, overburdening you with responsibilities last minute or something like that from lack of planning. So that, that's not our context. Or as, as a husband, I might speak harshly to my wife okay. or to my children okay. or vice versa. So, so there are people all around us and, or strangers. I mean, we look at mass shootings and all kinds of things like that. Those are, those are examples of people who are sinning against us. They can do it in word or deed or even attitude, yeah. right? I mean, Jesus talked about we can uh, speak against our neighbor, and essentially it's, it's like murdering them in our heart. And so, uh, so, so that's a category. People, big, big category. Yeah. Um, poverty, obviously, the the lack of resources can tempt us. Now, one of the ways it can tempt us is to worry, which you'll be talking about soon in, in your uh, student ministry, right? Yes. Anxiety. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so one sinful response to to uh, poverty is worrying about food. Hmm. Okay. Another sinful response would be to steal from somebody else. Sure. And so that can provoke me to uh, to to basically uh, sin against the Lord to to obtain 
um, or maintain food. And so an example of poverty, there's all kinds of factors that go into that. Government, corrupt governments can, can make it more difficult. For example, Africa. Uh, I love coffee. I've, I've worked with coffee multiple years uh, in the coffee industry. And one coffee, for example, Burundi, is a great East African coffee. And in 2001, that was one of the best coffees that I knew of out there. Well, because of the government situation, within a year or two, that coffee source was almost completely obliterated because they couldn't get it to market because of corrupt uh, government structures and systems in place. And so those governments brought impo- poverty on the people there because of the way they were running their, their government there, things that were outside of their control. So, so that's a source of suffering there. The, the, probably the most difficult one, which, which we would probably say is behind all suffering to some degree, is Satan because he's always, or at least his influence. The Bible in Ephesians 2 says he is uh, influencing the sons of disobedience. And so there's any ounce of disobedience out there somehow a result of his influence in this world. Maybe not directly or indirectly through, you know, through demonic powers there. And so the difficulty with Satan is we, we don't have the ability to see into a spiritual world and say that Satan himself is the one doing this. Like Job, Job got God's perspective where Satan was going to God and asking permission to to. to basically afflicting with suffering. Yeah. And so we have God's perspective. We have, we have Paul talking about a messenger of Satan, and we assume we know because Satan is clearly behind uh, opposition of God that he's always in the background somewhere. Yeah. But as far as directly involved, we can't say that. But there's always a spiritual dark uh, component on earth that's always you know, trying to obstruct. At play. At play, always trying to obstruct God's kingdom on earth. Because yeah, we live in that, under that rule, that yeah. broken and... And he's the ruler of the air, as the Bible puts it. And Jesus said, if this was my world, then the angels would come and save me off this cross. But the, the kingdom of this world, the, 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 basically Satan is the ruler of this world. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean God doesn't have sovereign control over it, but he's allowing Satan. This, this, is, this world's passing away, and Satan's passing away, and all the things of this world are passing away. But he has uh, influence on this world. Yeah. So, okay, so that's good. One of the things that I think is almost always the baseline, and I said this earlier when we were getting started during our, uh, our pre-show meeting, um, <laughs> is this is a very simplistic answer, but it's very complex in practice. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, what's the purpose of suffering? Well, to mold you and shape you into the image of Christ. I feel like we say that, we hear that often, um, but when you're in the middle of it, it's very complex in how to walk, how to navigate, how to think, how to, you name it, yep. right? So one of the things that we, is very, very common with our style of teaching at Liberty Heights is the heart. Mm-hmm. And so suffering often exposes matters of the heart, we say. Um, and so you as a counselor, um, that's one of the major areas, if not the major area that you sort of focus on in your ministry and in your counseling. So can you explain the idea of the heart a little bit, exposing matters of sure. the heart, what that means? Just try and bring that, like, it's sometimes when I hear it, I get confused at a higher level. So help, help make it just very, like, practical. Okay. So, so our heart is the more or less control center of our lives, the spiritual heart, not your physical heart. Right. So, so at the helm well, that of— That may be true physically, too. Yeah, it may be true physically, too. <laughs> but at the helm of our life, like a ship— uh, where the rudder steers that ship, there's a pilot steering the rudder. 
And so in our lives there, even our body, the heart is the, the, the center, the soul, the heart, the mind are used interchangeably as a control center, the moral found or moral helm of our, our lives there. Okay. And so the heart is always interpreting everything that's coming at me. So I look at suffering this way. What's coming at me? Okay. So, for example, my body could have a chronic illness. So, so we're born with disabilities disease, disorders, over time, things happen, the body falls down and breaks apart. And so the outer man's decaying, one of our memory verses, right? The inner man is being renewed day by day. So even my body that, that my soul is embodied in uh, is, is, can bring suffering on my, into, my, into my world there. So my heart has to interpret my body, and I feel the world through my body, so I feel pain through my body, or pleasure. Which is why drugs and other things are so addictive because we experience this world through our body and it's quick to kind of you know grab a hold of those. But my, my, my soul is embodied, so I feel the world through my body and I can experience suffering from other people, persecution or disease, all kinds of ways there. And so everything that's coming at me, whether it's the relationships around me, whether it's my body, I live in a financial money work-oriented world where I'm reminded every day that I have to have money to eat. That That's a source of influence and shaping influence in my life there that's that my heart's interacting with um all these other things going on out there like i said we, we could take that circle way out here but my heart is is constantly being influenced or interpreting the world around me and so it, it is interpreting what's going on inside me and, and in essence when hard things come at me it's like what i say is a condiment pack where it is squeezing out what's inside my heart. It's exposing what's inside me and primarily get this from like... And so when you say the condiment pack of what comes out, that's our thoughts, our actions, our attitudes, whatever. Everything. And here's what people think. Suffering makes me do this. And I use this condiment pack as an example. If I had an empty condiment pack, no matter how much I stomped on that pack, nothing would come out of it. So, so jumping on that pack puts nothing in the pack. Jumping on that pack exposes what's in the pack. And so suffering has a way of exposing what's going on inside. My desires, my commitments, my thoughts, uh, my expectations, all these things are exposed in suffering. Because good or bad. Good or bad. And, and the flip side of that is it's not just suffering exposes, blessing it, you know, exposes as well. Because how many people who are rich... Um, have a tendency to forget about God as well. Hmm. So suffering exposes my desire for suffering to be over with. I won't. I, I prefer comfort over pain. Right. Right. I Pleasure do. over pain. Right. <laughs> so so the same way is is when I'm comfortable, I have a tendency to forget about God as well. So either one of those, whatever my my situation is, good and bad, blessing and difficulty, they can expose what my heart believes in, trust in, lives for. Is it bad to desire comfort over pain? I would say, some people would say yes, but I think you have to take, once we go back to Scripture again, okay, the ultimate goal of all this world is that it would end one day and there would be a world without pain. So the, the beauty of Revelation is that there's a world with no more tears, no more death, no more pain, no more suffering, right? Right. And so, so if that's part of what God has designed for us, then I would say no. That's a great desire to have until we get there, though, that our heart has to trust the Lord just like Christ did. Okay. So great description, explanation, by the way. So thank you, by the way. Real quick pause if you're on there. Give this a share on Facebook <laughs> Live. Help get the word out because uh, this is great. Like We want people to hear and understand this stuff so back to the condiment pack so pressure we're saying that we'll, we'll just say that's suffering sure is squeezing us yep good or bad is what's coming out of us 
how do we ensure the stuff that's coming out of us is good? Well, clearly, Scripture says... Now, we, I, I want to be careful of this. When you go to like Romans 7, where Paul says, there's nothing good in me. Mm-hmm. Okay, What he's saying is, in when I was born in this world, my heart is defective from it's 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 turning it's turned away from God. Yeah. And so through Christ and through the Holy Spirit, he makes me new in Christ. Okay, gives me a new heart, turns me toward God, and he is working to produce fruit in me. So so the difficulty sometimes people think, well, God's plan is to get me to stop doing all the bad. That is part of it. Okay? But even if I stop doing all bad, that wouldn't be doing good. Hmm. And so the goal of the Christian life is not just to abstain from bad. It's that God would have fruit bearing in my life as well. To remove what's ugly and, and sinful and broken and to put what's beautiful and good and Christ-like in my life there. So through the Holy Spirit, He helps me put to death the deeds of the flesh, what's exposed in my life, and through repentance and faith. Okay, So, so what I realize is clearly... My desire is more about something I'm living for, my kingdom come, my will be done, than Christ. Hmm. Okay, Because when suffering comes and I, I am exposed and what comes out of my mouth or what I do is sinful, then I know I can no longer be about building God's kingdom. Because Jesus was squeezed and tempted in ways way beyond us. And always as we have been, Hebrews says, yet without sin. So, so my, my goal is to recognize that Christ is the ultimate goal. I am being made like Christ, who, by the way, had more joy, more peace, more hope than anybody. Okay? But he suffered more than anybody. So that seems incongruent in our life. But something about Christ still in this world had complete joy, complete hope, complete peace. And so God is conforming me to the image of Jesus. And it's not the circumstances keeping me from from that. It's my heart doesn't want what God wants sometimes. Hmm. And so repentance means I acknowledge God's word is true. God's plans and purposes are true. He's causing all this work together for good to make me like Jesus. I don't like it necessarily. And I pray that it will go away necessarily. But I know he's using it for good. And the good is to make me like Jesus. So I repent and I acknowledge that and say, God, I'm sorry. Okay, something in my life is not consistent with Jesus. It's not just what I'm doing, it's my desires. I don't want to go through this. I'm not thinking my expectations aren't like Christ. And therefore, I complain or I'm bitter or I'm hopeless or I'm anxious or I'm angry about the things going on there. And so it shows that God is still working on me. Hmm. And I can go to Him and He is merciful and, and gracious and able to help me in my time of need. So let's say you're going through something difficult, suffering, something painful, whatever. Um, are you is it wrong to be like to experience like sadness is it wrong to experience um what like are those sadness i'm trying to think um you know something whatever i guess that's all i guess as well land on sadness uh is it wrong to experience that is that sinful because that is that a bad response because i'm not Embracing it and saying, this is great, this is working out for my good. Because I think you may be going through something and it's painful, it's difficult, whatever the case may be. You may want out of it, even though you're not trying to run from it, but you want out of it. Um, is that is that an area that you need to repent and be like, okay, I'm, I'm not handling this properly? Or is it okay to just understand like this is just going to be hard for however long it's going to be? Yeah. And God, I know you're still good. Um, and that's just the posture that you have to take. It may still be difficult. It may still be whatever. Yeah, I, and I think I think that's a great point. That wasn't a very good well, question. Well, no, but it, but I think <laughs> I think there's a view that I can't struggle with my suffering. 
that I have to have a happy plastic smile, yeah. artificial smile, and, and pull myself back up when I walk into the church building or and I see other people that I can never experience difficulty. Well, we know Jesus himself, in the midst of his suffering, asked three of his friends to follow him and pray with him. And he asked the Father, if there's any other way, remove this cup from me. It's not because he was so excited about being beaten and yeah, put on the cross true. there. Job, who God said was righteous, struggled mightily with his suffering. Yeah. He was honest about it. He took it to the Lord. See, that's the issue. What are you doing with it? It's not that you're not struggling. Now, if you get to the point of being hopeless, that's the point where, where we have no hope in this world. Um, indefinite, like, like I get stuck there. But like, So maybe your physical circumstances may be hopeless. Like maybe you have gotten a debilitating diagnosis, and maybe that's hopeless. But you're, ho- you're not hopeless, let's say, in knowing where your hope lies with Christ, right? That's right. Like, and that's, that's the rub. That's the tension because the physical hopelessness may be very real, may be very tangible. However, we are also understanding that there's an eternal view to this whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's why we look at our... Like, let's give an example that Pastor Brad mentioned. Johnny Todd, who's been paralyzed, quadriplegic for 50 years. Joni. Joni, yeah, Joni. <laughs> so she can't move her body, right? Very, I mean, you know, so she's immobilized. She's a quadriplegic. She's a quadriplegic. So her heart is always, if if it was up to the body and, and that was her hope was tied to that body, mm. she would never have any hope. Mm-hmm. And so in the midst of this broken body or broken world, we want to acknowledge that this is, this is broken. Mm. Jesus grieved the brokenness. There would be no reason to weep with those who weep as Scripture says, or rejoice those who rejoice, if there was never a time for weeping, right? Hmm. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. Right. He wept because of this broken world and what's the result of this broken world. And so so our hope is not tied to this world. Our hope is ultimately tied to Christ. But there is a sense that even the Apostle Paul in the passage that Pastor Brad mentioned about one of the primary reasons for suffering we have in Scripture is so that you can comfort others with the comfort that you received. Well, what most people don't realize there in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 Paul says we were so beyond hope in this situation, we despair for even our life. And, and basically, he said through God's grace and through the prayers of the brothers and sisters in Christ, they got traction in life again. So, so the pressure was on them so great that they despaired even of their life. Now, that sounds to me like a guy who struggled to a point where, look, I, I had despair at one point in my life there. And Paul was in many situations where basically said, I had to give up on my own strength and realize my weakness is where God is magnified, you know, his strength is magnified. So I I just think people have this view that we're supposed to always have a plastic smile, that Jesus is always supposed to make me happy, and eternity will. But in this broken world where there's injustice, where there's disease, where there's disorder, where there's satanic influences, where there's sin against one another, storms, general general tragedies, all this that we see every day, it's not good. So, James 1, consider it all joy. Yeah. But not a plastic smile. Not a plastic smile. Consider Reconcile it all jo- those two things in my brain. Consider it all joy. Why? Because God is up to something. Okay? One thing you always know, whatever God allows, He's up to something. And in the believer's life, God is causing all things to work together for good. Now, if I don't know anything else about the good, I know somehow he's using it to make me like his son. Somehow he's using it to bring glory to himself. Example, Apostle Paul's, the Apostle Paul means the one sent out. Well, it's hard to be an apostle when you're locked in prison because you can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So Paul says to the Philippians, my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Well, you think, 
Now, how can an apostle, one who's sent to take the gospel to the Gentiles by traveling, right? How can his circumstances being confined in a prison cell work out for the greater progress of the gospel? Only God can do that. Hmm. And so, so our circumstances are part of what God's doing. The stage he's placed us on to do his work in us to make us like Jesus. And the more we understand that, no matter where we are, we can, re- we can represent him and, and make a difference there. So how do we, if you're going through something, how do you have joy... Not necessarily be fake and have a plastic smile, but how do you, like, let's say it's, like, forever, it's ongoing, it's something that it's, you know, as Paul puts it, like a thorn. Um, how, like, how do you, how, what does that look like practically? Hey, look Whoa. at that. <laughs> if you're alive. Too much caffeine. If no. you're alive, you just saw that. <laughs> hey, hey, look at that. That's pretty awesome. It's, 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 uh. That's carpet. <laughs> Thank you, producer Jamie. It's producer Jamie. We'll just put those down. Put That's what happens down. when you get the bigger cup. We're not can... going to edit any of this out of the podcast no, either. It, so this shows our humanity. Pastor Scott's coffee just fell all over the floor. Okay. There was, that was the comic relief for this topic. <laughs> A heavy topic. How, like, what, how, do you, how do you go on living so that you're not just like Eeyore? You know, like the character from Winnie the Pooh who's like, woe is me, blah, blah, blah. Like... Or angry, or angry, whatever. Or anxious yeah. all the time, or or cynical. Yep. Or... I think I think like I mean I think the one of the prime examples is Apostle Paul when he he said that that he had a messenger of Satan that was tormenting him. Right. Right. He said I asked God multiple times. Okay. So what did he do? Okay. For one, he identified what was going on in his life. Now you may not know you have a messenger of Satan right tormenting you, <laughs> but but this passage makes it clear. Jesus understands specifically how they're suffering. Yeah. Okay, and and the psalmists are very specific about when they come to the Lord most of the time. So bring your trial to the Lord, okay? Make sure your faith turns you to Him if you don't understand what's going on. Make sure you interpret, put everything... This is what I say, Nick. For example, you 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 take a box like this. Make sure that everything you put in the box, don't take away or add to the Word of God. You put in there what God has said is true, okay? So whatever you're going through, interpret it what's in the box, okay? Instead of what's outside the box, leaning on my own understanding. And so what I know, the Lord wants me to come to Him. I know that everything the Lord has said is true no matter what circumstances I'm going through. I know there's things I don't understand. His ways are not my ways. I could go on and on and on there. I know He wants me to come to Him. I know that His presence is necessary for my enduring that. And so I know he's given me his spirit and he's poured out his love into my heart through his spirit to remind me that in this groaning, in this world, that he wants me close to him. And so I go to him, I'm honest with him, I wait for him, and I, I lean on other people who I can go to and who will be helpful and I can be specific and they're going to encourage me and walk alongside of me and remind me of God's promises and, and that um, he's not going to forsake me. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's hard finding those people. It is. People who will walk with you and, and be honest with you and not just ask you to put on a plastic smile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, real quick, as we kind of wrap up, we're running out of time here. Um, <laughs> sorry, there's no coffee in there. There's no mind. coffee in there. <laughs> it's all on the carpet. Um, can, you, can you give me a real-life example, hypothetically, where we would experience some stress or some pressure that exposes a heart issue and, sh- and maybe help us understand what that heart issue actually is? Yeah, I, I could do th- That would be easy. Um, <laughs> if you have a family and you're on your way to church on Sunday mornings, there's probably things that are exposing your heart there on schedules. And 
I have to get to the service on time, and if I don't, I might be late. And 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 it's it's not a bad thing to be on time. But if I sin in order to be on time, so sin. Give me an example. How I, would you sin against? Okay, your I, I could scream at my kids at the top of my line, Get in the car, okay? So I, I'm I'm quick to anger, slow to listen, and and there are obstacles on the way here, such as the person in front of me is driving us slow. Okay, I could fly around that car and run somebody off the road to get to the service on time, which is not a bad thing, right? And wave at them. Yeah, and wave at them, <laughs> or maybe salute them with my number one finger. <laughs> There's all kinds of things, okay, that... And those are sinful responses. Those are sinful responses. Look, being at church on time is not a bad thing, but God will never ask me to sin to bring Him glory. Hmm. Or never ask me to sin when I don't get what I want. And so there are all kinds of good things we go after that we want too much. And, and why is being on time usually that important? Well, there could be responsibilities, but often because I don't want to appear. Um, so is that the heart issue? That's the heart issue. The, uh, the what, identity? How, yeah. how you're perceived by people? When you, and here's how you know that, that change is possible, because when they walk through that front door of the building, all of a sudden, miraculous <laughs> sanctification changes in their body expression. The dad no longer is frowning. His sweat's not coming off his head. The, the wife seems to have it all together. The kids know what's going on still, and they're not smiling. But you know that they believe walking through this door, they have to change their outer appearance there when their heart's been exposed on the way. Or on the way to school or on the way to all these places. Anytime you have a family trying to get somewhere, your heart's going to be exposed most likely. Or on vacation at Disney World, somewhere like that. Impatience, all these things show up. Could there be multiple heart issues at play? There could in be that multiple one? heart issues. Where what there, could be another heart issue in the in the late to church example? A late to church example could be that uh, if I'm teaching, for example, I have to be there. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off other people by being late in this circumstance. Or uh, I might just want to see somebody before I get there. Or I, w- I might want to talk to somebody. Or I might want the coffee. There could be all kinds of things there. Es- essentially, that here- here's what's happening. My those, king- like coffee. That's not a heart issue. That's not a heart issue. But but wanting to be there is exposing that that I have a desire to be there. And somehow, God in allowing all things to work together for good is pre- is allowing me to be prevented from being there at that time. Okay. Now this could this might be a pattern where it's a repeated pattern when somebody just doesn't plan well. Yeah. And that could be a heart issue as well. Hmm. Okay. But occasionally interruptions are gonna happen when you have families trying to travel places and things that are outside your control there. Yeah, I have two little kids, I know. You you understand. Okay, <laughs> so you get ready to go out of the car and you've just fed your youngest son and he throws, and up. He throws up on himself. And so after changing how, the outfit how did you know? Do you have cameras in there? <laughs> and after three outfits that morning already when you're running behind and, and everything else is already falling apart. It seems like one more thing's added to there. Yeah. And, and so, okay, it's not tr- that trying to get to the, the church is a bad thing, but just maybe, just maybe sometimes, like Jesus showed up four, day, four days late to a funeral. Yeah. Maybe, just maybe, <laughs> uh, God wants to expose some things in our heart there that we live for. Well, it sounds like you're giving me permission to be late to church. So that, or <laughs> That's exactly what I said. So. <laughs> well, listen, man, that was good. I, I appreciate you taking the time to unpack some of that. That, that really is the... Uh, the basis of the ministry that we do here. So I think many times, uh, hopefully this is helpful to you. If it was, give us a thumbs up, share, five-star review, whatever. Um, but in all seriousness, I think I think more often than not, we we skim the surface of that. We mention it in the sermon or whatever, and you can't always go in depth, so it's not a criticism. But I think it's helpful to unpack that. So thank you for, for doing that. Um, 
Listen, if you're watching, you can see this right here, but just a quick reminder for those of you listening, uh, Engage Missions Week is coming up this Sunday. This Sunday. So we're taking a quick break from Dear Church series, and we're doing our Engage Missions Week series about um, missions, and so we're going to focus on uh, international partners, we're going to focus on local partners, and then of course we're just going to focus on living missionally where you are, where God has placed you providentially um, as well. So... Uh, that's the next two Sundays coming up. In between there, we have a um, chili cook-off that we want you guys to be aware of. And I've heard through the grapevine, rumor is that the prize is not going to be like a small dollar store trophy. It's going to be way more legit. Skyline than gift card for $10. No, no I mean, it's we're, we still don't know what it is, but we are going to make that very worth your time. So uh, if you have an epic chili recipe, or even if you don't, uh, jump in. Crazier things have happened, and there are going to be several different categories we're voting on. So um, people's choice, best overall, different styles like traditional Texas style, yep. vegetarian, yeah, uh, different different ones. So we need people to make chili. So you can go to lhc.life/engage uh, to sign up for that. Um, register to bring chili. You'll get voted on. And in addition to that, it's really going to be a cool night. We'll have dessert. We'll have some coffee. And you'll get to hear from some of our missions partners. So um, if, if you've ever been to Missions Week here, it's nothing like it. Yep, it's, it's different. We're, we're, it's, we're putting on a little bit of a different program, one that I think is really exciting. So I uh, hope that you'll make time for that. Uh, but thank you so much for being here with us. Tuesdays at 2. Tuesdays at 2. See ya. Bye. Bye. Peace out. <laughs> Peace out. No movie quote this week? <laughs> no, I forgot. I was going to say, I was going to throw out that prize as being an annual pass, a free annual pass for fishing on our pond. <laughs> <laughs> What's, if you were to give one, what? I don't know what it would be what today. See, I, 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 I'm we're still recording podcasts. I'd have to say something from probably the office or something. Not a movie quote, maybe a show quote. Um, but I, I, after my coffee, I'm just kind of. <laughs> You're off, I'm just, off I'm your just, game. I'm, yeah. My equilibrium is completely thrown off now. All right. Well, if you're still listening on the podcast, thanks. We'll see you next week. Jump on out. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. We'd love to hear from you. See you.